and your Amsasia podcast. Yo, take your red up because things ain't that bad. Maybe you should switch the target that you're aiming at. Believe perfection is a beast that they'll never catch. So never waste another day because life moves so fast. And a dream without pursuing, yo, they never last. Another shadow of regret I try to never cast. And always tell a truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hello, welcome to the 13th episode of the Endurance Asia podcast. I'm your host, Scott Pugh, and this week we welcome back Tomokazu Ihara-san, Tomo-san, uh, who we had on the very first episode of the Endurance Asia podcast. And if you haven't listened to that already, I recommend going and, uh, and giving it a listen. Uh, Tomo-san's an absolute legend. He come up with a concept of running 100 miles 100 times and in this episode we kind of pick up from where we left off uh, six months ago he was uh, at that time heading off to um, to the US to run the Barkley marathons so he shares a bit of a story around that as well as uh, uh, as well as uh, everything he's been up to for the um, for the last six months, uh, he's also got some crazy plans in the diary for 2020. So it's uh, it's really good to hear what he's got he's got coming up. Uh, he's an absolute legend, um, and uh, and yeah, I think we're going to have him uh, have him sort of uh, coming back on uh, every every six months or so because just yeah, love listening to him, love um, love hearing his story. Um, and uh, and I hope you do too. So with that, here is Tomokazu Ihara-san. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hey, Tomo-san. Hi, Scott. Hi, good to see you. Good to see you again. Um, Likewise. Yeah, it's been... Uh, it, do you know what? It's been... About five or six months since we first recorded a podcast here in Tokyo, and uh, and you are the the very first person that we've had onto the podcast twice. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks for coming to coming to join us again. Always welcome. Really? It's my first uh, fourth time to see you. Fourth time, yeah. One at the Hong Kong Hong Kong Four Trails, uh, and then Japan when we recorded the last podcast, and then you came to Singapore. Singapore. That was when you uh, when you you ran the um, marathon, the, the sundown marathon, yeah. right? Uh, and then got up the next morning and then ran another half marathon with us <laughs> on the trails, right? Uh, and yeah, so great to see you um, see you again, and, and thanks for being the first returnee onto the Endurance Asia podcast. Okay, that's good. Um, I suppose a good place to start really would be where we left off last time mm. because. Uh, you just done the Hong Kong four trails, your forty eighth hundred hundred miler, uh-huh. and you were. And <laughs> I actually listened back to the podcast recently, and you were like, "Yeah, that that was a training run for yeah. Barkley." <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't want to uh, say that to Andre, but um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so pretty soon after that, you uh, you headed off to to Barkley. So yeah. yeah, how did how did that go? So um, I did. I wasn't able to finish. So finishing is five loops, but I was only able to do three loops. Um, they call the three loops as a fun run. So if you're able to finish uh, the three loops within 40 hours, that's called the fun run. So I finished in 38 hours, which I wasn't allowed to go on to the fourth loop because you're supposed to run within 36 hours. Got you. Two guys ran within the 36 hours but um, I went on to the fourth loop but they both I think finished at the second book yeah they, they were heartbroken and they came back to camp yeah so uh, I mean after the first year and and for those that have listened to the first podcast the only time you've ever DNF'd a race was the first Barkley marathons you did the previous year yeah. right where you where you um you managed. It had terrible weather. You mm-hmm. managed one um, one loop. It was very cold, wasn't yeah. it? Lots of very wet. Mm-hmm. What happened this year? What was the story from uh, from twenty nineteen? So I think um, there was uh, about fourteen books, as I remember correctly. Um, Eleven books were the same as the year I did before 
in 2018. Yeah. So what I did since 2018 till the 2019 Barclay and, was... And just for those that... They, <laughs> each checkpoint has a book and uh -huh. then you have a number that you have to rip out the page from that book and they're, yep. they're hidden in a certain spot that you have to retrieve them. Yes. You're giving a bib number and you're supposed to tear the same bib number page. Yeah, and you get a new bib number for every loop that you do, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 So um, the, the thing I did since 2018 till 2019 this year was I, I, I can't go into the forest to do a training run. or So I need to kind of remember where the books are. So every night when I, before I go to bed, I basically close my eye and go through the, the course so that I don't remember till one year. And um, this year, I went uh, to the to Tennessee five days before the race so that I can run on the course, which I didn't do in 2018. But when I went on the course, um, the imagination that I remembered was mostly correct. Yeah. So I remembered the place that I need to turn and I need to kind of uh, go off course. So basically you're allowed to go on the uh, national forest, mm -hmm. um, but you're not allowed to go off course. If you're going to go off course, uh, that means you're not going to come back to the Barclay again. So you need to be, if you're going to do a training run, you need to be on the national park. So I was training on the national park um, just to figure out which place I should turn for, for the hidden book. So um, that was good to do before the race yeah. um, so that I know um, because... Uh, you don't have the maps until the day before though or the actual day of the race and, um, and, the, actu and the actual location of the, of the books? Day before. Day before, okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there's no time to train once you have the maps, obviously. Correct. Yeah. So technically, when you go to camp on Friday... Um, they do the check-in about noon to three o'clock and then you're giving the written description not the map the written description so basically if you go through the written description you're looking at your empty map and saying oh this year it's they, they have mostly the same as last year but this one is new and then after like 6 p.m they give you the kind of master map they don't give you the master map they place it on a table that's right and then you kind of right on your on your empty map to make sure you have it on the map yeah. so that's how it works so and um, the race starts from either from um, 11 o'clock um, on friday night to 11 a.m saturday noon so you uh, never know the time it's almost like when you see the army training and they just all of a sudden, the alarm goes off, and they wake people up to get get up and have to get ready. And well, so, what time did you set off then? Um, this, this this year, year it was at eight twenty one. So okay, uh, nine twenty one was race. Okay, that's quite nice. So that's a pretty good lie in then, isn't it? Really? It was almost the same as um, the year before. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did sleep well, um, so um, that that worked out well. Yeah. It looked to be quite warm this year right it, it looked the temperature was uh, quite a bit high certainly than the previous year. yeah the, the forest loop was so hot so um this year i didn't want to tear up my legs i was wearing like trousers you know they have briars so yeah. um, that was really hot and i was like t-shirt upper body uh, but you know the, the salt coming out from your body to your pack pack was very visible that it, it was very hot i have like pictures of myself all salty yeah, <laughs> on the yeah. first loop um but the second loop when it was night uh it started to kind of snow <laughs> so um they, they they say that the barclay has like four seasons it, it is true yeah. it, it did snow for about maybe five centimeters at the top so is that right wow. yeah yeah. So that was hard. It was raining. It was cold. Uh, I did one mistake. I didn't take a mid layer. Uh, so I was really cold when I was kind of um, finding the book. Um, some of the books are at the summit of the mountain. So it's very windy. windy yeah. And the rains are not uh, like raining side to side. Yeah. So because of the heavy, heavy um, wind. Um, so that that was that was very cold i was shivering so um i put on my life life blanket 
I took all my clothes off first. Yeah. And then wrapped myself with a life blanket, you know. Against the skin? Against the skin. And then wore my t-shirt, wore my um, uh, windbreaker, the thin, thin piece of layer, and then a a rain jacket. Um, And that kind of saved my life. So uh, when, when you find a book, when it's rainy, you take off your gloves, and then you take it out from the ziplock, and then you kind of try to find the page with your wet hands, and then put it back again, and put the ziplock again. So, so that by, by the time you kind of rip a, a page, it's about one minute to two minutes yeah. in the summit of the mountain where it's raining or snowing. So you really get cold. So once you rip the page, you need to start running again, or else you're going to get hyperphemia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that's such a contrast to the first day, which was, yeah, as you say, like really high temperatures, you're sweating a lot, really salty, to then going to the following following night when, when you're so cold. Um, it was a, it was an interesting year. You had a couple of uh, multiple-time finishers as well, like Jared Campbell had been, had, um, yep. who's, who's finished three times. Three times. Before. It amazes me why why if you'd finished it three times you'd want to come back again for a fourth yeah. um but he uh, i think he rolled his ankle didn't he or yeah. he injured himself he rolled yeah. it at his ankle so i caught up with him uh, on my third be going to the third book and i asked are you all right and he said you rolled his ankle at the end he did one loop but he i think he had a fracture or something <laughs> oh really kept continued that- to run so he's a really strong guy yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so um, you, you got into the, the third loop yeah. and um, uh, you must have been like, what did you make any mistakes navigation wise um, in the second or third loop or um, were you going strong apart from being cold? Were you having any challenges through the... Um, I did um, did a mistake on in the first book, trying to find the book four, which was an easy one. But um, otherwise, uh, I was kind of lucky um, because um, there was always someone um, kind of together with me and we were trying to find, find the book together. And um, at the third loop, um, Johan from Sweden, um, when I was waiting, um, kind of changing to go for the third loop, he, um, before he went for the third loop, um, he said, do you want to go with me? And I said, yeah, that, that sounds cool. And then um, he, he just went uh, earlier than me, but we kind of managed to get together at the third loop. Um, mostly um, same kind of pace. Um, and um, we we're trying to use two brains, which is good um, because if one's like sleepy and um, one's kind of alert, yeah. alert, that helps a lot. And um, if you kind of question each other uh, always that kind of reduces mistakes so i i think that was good and at the end uh, jamil from america he caught up with us um on i think book nine and we said that we should use kind of three brains and then we tagged the team and uh, we kind of um went went for the um, the finish for the fun run. Yeah, and you yeah. stayed together for the remainder of the, yeah. uh, the the third loop. Were you? Did you think that you would have a chance to be able to get in under thirty six hours to go out for the fourth loop, or at what point mm. of the third loop did you know that actually it's probably not possible to get any more than a fun run? We're just aiming for a fun run now. I think it was on like book twelve or something. Um, we kind of knew it would be very hard uh, to kind of reach t- to the camp um, within the c- couple hours uh, yeah, to, yeah. to break the 36. But um, yeah, um, we just tried to focus to kind of, our next goal is to at least do a fun run. Yeah. Um, some guy at the camp told me after the race that um, doing a fun run is a golden ticket for the next year. Is that right? Okay. I don't know, but yeah. um, that Laz, Laz didn't say anything about it. Okay. So it's no any commitment, but it, likely it is in the history of the Barclay. If you do a fun run, uh, you're kind of easier to come in. 
yeah, you've still got to be the first Asian ever to finish the Barclay, right? It's, um, yeah, that would be so, so amazing. And have you put it in your diary for next year, even though you haven't been confirmed a spot? Uh, I, I, yeah, it's like half and half. Um, I've been chasing this Barclay for like, not two years, I did two years, but I've been chasing for two more years to kind of find out how to get into the race. So I've been thinking about this for four years now, and it is my five, fifth year. And although I do have a, like a golden ticket, um, challenging the Barclay is like changing your life, <laughs> mostly. Like it's, a, it's such a different race, so you need to be focused to prepared for the Barclay, especially it's nothing it's nothing than a Barclay. So there, there are like fun races that I would like to run, you know, like competitive races, UTMB or UTMF or any fun 100 miles I know in the world. I like to do those. But if you're like committed to the Barclay, you need to do the Barclay training or else um, you won't finish it. So the, the kind of the steepness of the hill, Navigation-wise, um, oh, by the way, this year um, I I thought I trained for the Barclay really good, but the the piece that I didn't do was to navigate in the night. Yeah. So um, navigate in the night, especially going from summit to bottom, uh-huh. is very hard. Um, from the bottom to the summit is very easy. Wherever you are, you just need to go up and you're going to be at the summit. But if you do a little mistake at the summit, maybe one meter off the ridge and you go to another ridge, by the time you go to the bottom, it's like 5K (laughs) or 2K. And you don't want to do that at Barclay because you you shouldn't be uh, mistaking because I'm like running like race pace, each loop, each loop. And my time at the kind of the uh, aid station is five to ten minutes and then i need to go for like 14 hours i need to go for another 14 hours and the aid station is five minutes ten minutes at my best pace so i can't sleep so either if i need to finish i don't do any mistakes in navigation or i need to level level up my basic running speed um so yeah a lot of things to think about yeah it's so consuming yes. isn't it like it, it as you say you all of your training needs to be focused towards that one specific goal yeah. and um yeah i can i can understand it's i i bet it still keeps you awake at night mm-hmm. i bet you still you still often uh, like i think about it and still dream about the course mm-hmm. um do you think maybe you'll have a year break? And because also there's the cost around it as well, mm. like flying to the states to be able to do it. And yeah. um, do you think you might have a one year break and then go back? Do you think the golden ticket could be deferred for one year, maybe? <laughs> yeah, um, maybe I need to sit back and think about it. Um, yeah. Um, it's also a fun run the distance of a fun run is actually quite close to a hundred miler as well isn't it what is it probably 85 um miles 85 yeah. miles yeah. yeah yeah but it but still it wasn't a 49 tick for you was it no so um because do- 48 was the were four trails and mm-hmm. then 49 was supposed to be the barkley right? yeah in Japan, um, my, my grandmother died last, uh, this year. And um, in Japan, there's like, after a par- people die, there's like a 49-day event. Of mourning? Of-, of, of days. After 49 days, we, we pray for them. And yeah. it's like a special day called the Shijukunich. So it was kind of special for me to be, be Barclay to be the 49th 100 mile and my grandmother dying this year, um, the 49th day was almost close to the Barclay. So <laughs> I thought that was kind of special, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it didn't work out that way, but uh, it g- gave me kind of um, braveness and uh, kind of, uh, yeah, I was always together with my grandmother in the, in the forest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah. And 
you've been you've done a couple more since then right so there's been a couple more hundred milers since uh, yes. since the Barclay and so that would have been in uh, March or or, uh, or yeah I think it was March wasn't it the, the March was Barclay and April I went to Seoul um, to do a fun 100 mile uh, Seoul 100 okay there is a course in Seoul already that um, is built by the government yeah um, you could basically go around the, the city of Seoul and it's uh, 100 miles. And uh, when, when um, my friends from uh, Korea came to Japan, um, I was talking to them to, to see them the first time, having drinks and eating yakiniku. And then um, they heard about my 100 miles, 100 times story. And they said, OK, you need to come to Seoul. There's a 100 mile course and we'll run together. OK, we'll do that. Awesome. And, and then I thought it was like, Okay, it's like two weeks after Barclay, so I'll be able to do it. But after I came back from Barclay, I was kind of really tired, so I thought I made a mistake. But um, I went down to Seoul to run with um, three 100-mile versions <laughs> and basically um, kind of took them around the city of Seoul to do this 100 and there was like up and downs because it's their first time to do the 100, but um, it was really good. You stayed together the whole time yeah, with your friends? Yeah, Very yeah. cool. And uh, um, some, some guys said, I'm going to quit, but I, I told them that uh, you're not going to quit. <laughs> and even though it's going to take 60 hours, you're going to come with me. <laughs> and then I took, it, it didn't take that much, but um, I, I told them that you need to finish this. And then... There was a lot of up and downs, but at the end, when we got to mile 60, I told them that you're it's, almost... It's it, all downhill from it, here. Well, not literally, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You guys are almost finished. If, just think of doing 10 miles each time, 10 miles each time. By the time you get to 30 mile, you'll feel much better. After you do 10 more miles, you're at 20 miles. That's like you're like a weekend run. You'll feel much better. Then once you do the 10 mile, you only have 10 mile. And that's like a, like a, a goal finish, you know? So they, I saw their eyes like shining when they were at my 60. And they knew for sure by themselves that they will, they will finish. So when I saw that kind of eye in their eye, uh, very happy. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. Have any of them done any hundred miles since? I don't think so, but I think they're going to do the same on the counterclockwise um, uh, next around year. Around Seoul. Yeah. What kind of elevation was it? You say there were lots of ups and downs mentally, and oh, was a, but in terms of the elevation on the course, were there lots of ups and downs? Uh, no, it was like 4,000, 4,500. So. Okay, so yeah, decent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. None of the course goes on the summit of the mountains. It yeah. just goes around the ridge. Yeah. And was it a nice run? Was it trail or all path? Um, yeah, it's like a, a well-maintained trail. Yeah. Um, sometimes you go through cities, so it's on concrete. Yeah. So um, I guess trail is 50%, real trail, single trail, 50%. And 50% is like um, asphalt and kind of a, a kind of hard, hard surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was number 49, uh, number 50 was my own TDT. TDT, Tour de Tomo. Yep. And number 51 was in July. I did the Ontake, uh, 100 miles in Japan. Um, it's in the middle of Nagano. Yep. And um, that was my 51. Yeah. And then 52 was um, the, the four four days ago. Yeah. <laughs> I did the Shinets Five Mountains, which is one of the biggest uh, in Japan, um, similar to UTMF. Yeah. yeah. It's that second biggest after UTMF, would you say? Um, yes. Yeah. I would say, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you did a pretty good run. Yeah, it was fourth place. Fourth place, that's amazing. Mm. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you very much. How did um and is it it's not the first time you've you've run that hundred, is it? Last year I did it, I was seventh place. Okay. And um I was fourth place this year. Excellent. How did it go? Um by time wise I was like an hour um faster than last year. Is that right? So I'm kind of improving my skills, nevertheless I, I'm getting older. Yeah. So that makes me a lot of confidence. It was a good year to, because last year it was raining. This year it was sunny, but a little bit of um, distance was longer than three kil kilom kilometers was longer than last year. Although, um, yeah, I was able to do a, a, a one hour shorter. Yeah. Um, 
I'm interested. So you improved by an hour. Um, apart from the weather, have you looked at your split times year over mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. and to see where you improved? Did you improve on the, the second half of the race or the first half or... Uh, or just yeah. average across the whole course, or, um, and yeah, what did my, you do to that you think impacted the the improvement by one hour? My goal was to run this the the last forty miles within seven hour thirty minutes. I did it in seven hour thirty minutes last year. I did it this year seven seven hours twenty five minutes, uh, but I did the first sixty miles better. Last year I got stung by a bee, uh, which. <laughs> It was kind of annoying, uh, as well as I got uh, sleep. Dip- I was sleepy, yeah. um, so I think that didn't help. This year, I was really focused. Um, my nutrition was really getting good because um, I was doing fat adaptation. Yeah. Um, so I had uh, low calories. Then I needed low cal- calories than last year. So that makes uh, improvement with getting six six. Yeah, sick. So um, my nutrition was going good. So yeah, I think a, a lot of aspects. I think I trained for went well. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, when we when we met last time, you were talking about how you had been more focused on fuel efficiency, and you'd been doing um, some tests around that. And we've <clears throat> actually just had. Um, uh, ben Pullum from Coached, mm-hmm. who's a they're a, a laboratory in Singapore that does fuel efficiency testing mm-hmm. and everything. And actually, I can <coughs> notice that you're you look slimmer. You look like you've lost body fat since mm. the um, since I met you at the beginning of 2019. Yes. Uh, have you lost weight? As I did. Well? Your your weight has dropped down. I think around five k. You've lost five kg. Wow. So uh, and. Um, so when I'm in normal stage, I'm mostly fat adapted. Yeah. So there's a my RQ or RER is 0.64, which is under 0.7. 0.7 is considered you're like uh, using fat. Yeah. When we're speaking, so yeah. 0.6 is lower than 0.7. So basically, I'm in really good condition. Yeah. Um, when I'm um, at um, AET, there's a, um, I don't know how you say it in English, but AET is basically the, uh, the, the heart rate mm-hmm. where you're basically burning most of your fat. Mm-hmm. So you're very efficient with your fat. Um, that's about uh, 129 right now. Uh, my AT is 171 right now. Um, is that your heart rate? is at 171 yeah that you're is your you're still burning fat when your your heart rate is at uh one 129 129 yeah okay yeah, so yeah. basically when i'm running at like a 100 mile pace which is like uh six minute kilometers yeah um i'm burning like 70 percent is still burning fat yeah and i need about zero point uh, seven four grams of sugar per minute. That means forty two grams per minute. So I ju- I just eat one gel um, in forty five minutes or or an hour, and yeah. I can still keep up with the hundred mile pace, and I'm yeah not like bonked. That's that's impressive. Do you know the volume of um of fat you're burning per um? There's like a yeah, grams of fat per hour on average. Mm-hmm. Do you know that data point? Did they, yeah, uh, I, I think I have it in my... Yeah, we'll have, yeah, we'll have a chat about data, that after yeah, the, yeah, at yeah. dinner. But um, what, have you, what have you done to be able to increase your fuel efficiency? Mm. I mean, obviously you do a lot of training at, uh, at low intensity. Yes. At, um, so that in itself helps you become better fat adapted but is there any other things that you've changed since we last met to be able to improve it um so it it takes about four months program to do be fat adapted to to you can basically be fat adapted um, by just doing like a lot of fasting eating um, less sugar um, eating more fat but at at the same time as an athlete you need to be able to run with uh, fat adaptation mm-hmm. so um i was doing like five uh, percent sugar 
only five percent. I was eating five percent sugar for um, two weeks. Then so five percent carbohydrate. Correct. Yeah, yeah, which, which is low. That's <laughs> very low. Yeah, it's like nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like basically like you know, vegetable has sugar as well. Yeah. So if you eat a lot of vegetable, you're not going to meet the five percent. So I was yeah. eating like cheese, um, like um, eggs, and um, some some meat sometimes. Yeah. Um, so. Um, I was basically doing 5% for two weeks. And then while I was doing 5%, I kept my like uh, training to be um, very, very low speed. Yeah. So basically, you need to be able to kind of be burning your fat while you're at that slow pace. And then once you're able to burn the fat within that slow pace, you kind of increase your speed. So bur the burning fat catches up with your speed. So that's why you need to kind of start with slow. Yeah. And I was doing that for two weeks. And then I increased to 15% to carb. Yeah. Um, I did that for uh, one month. And I started to do my usual trainings without high intensity. Yeah. And then after that, I, I raised it to 30%. And then um, I, I did my real kind of training including my high intensity and during that three three month period i was um doing 15 hour fasting so i basically don't eat breakfast and just eat lunch and dinner within that five percent fifteen percent thirty percent program percent uh, yeah. yeah program yeah and so you would train in the morning after so you'd sleep training in the morning and then have lunch after yes yeah yeah yes. yeah yeah, it's really um, it's really interesting. And look at, at the distances that that you're doing. It it makes sense. Your hundred mile pace, mm. you generally won't need to burn glycogen at all. You're pretty much you're not going to go much over 130 BPM anyway, right? So yeah. um, and it just means that you're much less likely to have gastric issues or like um or any problems digesting food if you have to eat, eat less yeah um because you're you're not supposed to eat more than 60 grams of sugar within an hour within because an hour. or you can't actually no. um yeah. yeah you can't eat any more than yeah. that yeah yeah are you still doing your mct oils yeah i do yeah i i, I put it in some coffee or i just put it, the, a powder in my water bottle and just go out for a run yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've also been quite busy um, in the the your distribution business as well, right? <laughs> so um, when uh, when I met you in Singapore, you were down seeing yeah. Jerry at Red Dot Running, and then you've also been working with um, with John Ellis and the team at Gone Running uh -huh. as well yeah. um, with the Japanese brands that you work yeah. with. So when I went to Singapore uh, to meet Jerry, um, Jerry told me, uh, "Tomo, try have you tried these T eights?" I said, "No." what size are you uh, i'm size and she gave me the t8 commandos which is the underwear they, they have and it was just amazing <laughs> it's like nothing i've ever kind of um, tried like when you wear it without running you you think this is going to be amazing you know it's going to be amazing yeah. and then once you run with it uh you know it really works it, you you won't get any blisters um like in a hot condition like Singapore or Japan, it's very humid. Normally, um, it, when it's raining, yeah, you kind of tend to get chafing. But um, when it's a hot weather, um, you, you can get chafage um, on your kind of legs and where your under is. But uh, since I've worn those, I've had none chafing problems. So that's really amazing. And uh, I was talking to Jerry because she's doing distribution over there in Singapore, whether I could do one in Japan. And um, she talked to John and Mark about it, and it just came to happen. And so you're representing them in Japan, Japan. now. Ah, yeah. oh, yeah. that's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a T8 come through. Wasn't there a typhoon last week in Japan? <laughs> you should have used that as like a marketing uh, yeah, opportunity yeah. to yeah. go out running in, in a T8 and with your T8 uh, commandos that's, on. That's a great idea. <laughs> Next time one comes through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, T8 yeah. run, yeah. yeah. That's nice. So I'm the kind of the distributor for T8. So um, John and Mark are very good people. Yeah, good um, it's a very young brand still. It's like being here gone for like only two years. We only have like two products right now, but the product they make is being tested by like athletes over and over and over again. So 
it is something that is really good. So I'm very excited for new products to come out and yeah. to can work with them in the future. That's cool because I, I actually thought your your distribution was mainly taking Japanese <laughs> brands out because you work with like New Halle, don't you? And then um, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of others that you work yeah. with. Yeah. So um, yeah, the the ones I really want to work in the future are the ones I'm going to use for my 100 miles 100 times product project yeah. um, basically I want to kind of use something I, I, I really like I, I don't want to talk about things I don't really use but kind of distribute <laughs> so uh, T8 is something I will be using for my 100 miles 100 time project yeah, yeah for sure yeah very cool and I see you also um, you've got um, we talked about I think we, we, we talked about chafing cream as well when we yeah. caught up last time um, but yeah you've brought out a new uh, a new brand here I see as well yeah. so it's called the Tengu Balm so um, basically it's like an anti-chafing um, cream and uh, the, the ones I, I've been using are Vaseline Vaseline is something that goes on top of your skin so it's kind of another layer, um, but sometimes uh, I, I don't like it because it's sticky. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it has smell. Um, the the one I have right here is um, it kind of gets together with your skin, so it's not like a vaseline on top yeah. of, of, of your skin. It kind of goes into your skin, so um, it doesn't have the stickiness. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't have the smell. It lasts for seven, eight hours. Uh, I've been using for the kind of uh, the alpha test, beta tests for 700 miles. Uh, never had any blisters on my feet or um, or my uh, kind of my under. Um, it really goes well with um, the T8. If you're kind of using the Tengu Balm with the T8, you're like double protected. Did you come up with a brand as well? Yeah, it's. So, yeah. W what does Tengu stand for? Tengu is a, a Japanese um, a god character. Yeah. Like you know, Chimera. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. a ghost character, right? Yeah, yeah. Tengu is, is a, like a god. It doesn't exist, but it's it's a god. And where I live in Tokyo is Takao. Takao is really famous for the Tengu, so that's why it came from. Ah, the idea came from Tengu. The balm is something you kind of adapt on your skin. Yeah, yeah. So Tengu balm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of um, of Gurney Goo. Yeah. For the same reason that I think Vaseline, either Gurney Goo or um, actually, what's the uh, like? It's called not petroleum, um, but but um, I forget the name of it. But like the white cream that maybe you put on babies' bottoms and stuff mm -hmm. as well. A Suda cream is a, one of the brand ones. Which is uh, maybe which powder? Is, yeah, no, like it's, um, pseudo cream is like a white, mm. a white cream which uh, which also mixes with your skin, but mm. it's it's really good for for non non chafing. Um, but yeah, I look forward to, to trying uh, to trying teng tengu balm. And the yeah. good thing about this is um, when you put Vaseline, um, I use a lot of taping yeah. uh, for uh, rolling my ankles, so I use my new Halle tapes. But this doesn't come off after you apply uh, so you need to wait for 30 minutes to dry off but since this comes into your skin yeah. it, the, the taping still sticks on to your to your skin so that really works as well so yeah very cool yeah. um i was uh, following uh, i follow you on instagram and facebook and uh one of the videos that you posted just yesterday blew me away <laughs> of your daughter rock climbing or bouldering mm-hmm and the skill she has as an eight-year-old not not just skill but she was she was hanging and she was she was climbing an overhang wall without her feet touching the wall but mm. was just climbing up really um difficult holds yeah as an eight-year-old she her, her power to weight is <laughs> phenomenal and yeah she's uh she's got really good isn't she yeah she's got really good these days um she started climbing when she was five she was like crying like a baby she's a baby at five years old yeah. but she was crying because of the height getting scared but she's getting really into it and these days um she's getting good at it um she we tried to build a, a climbing wall in our house when we built it uh, last year but um our coach um, the climbing coach told her, told us that you shouldn't be putting a, a climbing wall because if you don't change the the 
the the climbing mm-hmm. um, hold, holds, um, you're just going to get kind of uh, um, you're not. Um, it's going to get boring. You need to change the holds yeah. once in a week, once in a week. So we won't. We're not going to do that. Yeah. We'll just go to a climbing gym. But instead, she has the monkey poles. Okay. Yeah. We bought like we built a monkey pole in her bedroom. Yeah, really. Wow. <laughs> and she basically does that until she gets blisters on her hands. So she's very kind of stoic these days because she, I don't know, she's really committed to be an Olympic athlete at her age. Um, I've not told her that it's going to be really hard to, so that I don't break her dreams, but she's like eyes open to, to be an Olympic athlete. So I'm just a father, just. Taking, making sure she kind of is in control. She's having fun with the uh, bouldering. Uh, I do believe in the ten thousand hour yeah. uh, thing um, because um, ten thousand hours doing something special for ten thousand hours, you're going to be really good at it. So I, I, if she does her climbing for ten thousand hours, um, she's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. And do you climb with her as well, or you just watch? Do you boulder I, as well? I, I watch. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I don't teach her because I can't teach her. <laughs> <laughs> All your power is in your, is in your legs, though, yes, isn't it, Thomas? Yes, yes. um, yeah. Oh, she's got unbelievable skill. And so this, the up-and-coming Olympics in Tokyo will yep. be, uh, in 2020, will be the very first time that rock climbing has been part it's been an olympic sport yes i guess you're going to be getting tickets to take and uh, to take her to see it yeah i put my um tickets in because it was a lottery mm-hmm. but i wasn't able to get any of them so. oh you're kidding yeah so that was that was a bummer yeah i'm sure you might have to go on the the black market or the gray market yeah. to be able to buy it. yeah because i think if she has aspirations mm-hmm. to become an Olympic climbing mm-hmm. athlete in mm-hmm. future, mm-hmm. she has to go and see it while yes, she's in Tokyo. Yes. There yeah. was a, like a world championship um, uh, a month ago, and we were able to buy those tickets. And when she went there, she, she kind of changed. It kind of changed her kind of mindset as well. So yeah, yeah. Have you? Um, do you ever take her out hiking, going in the hills, or do you take her? Mm-hmm. Do you get let her experience your trail running at all? Um, she's not really into running yet. Um, she, she did say she wanted to pace me sometime. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of cool to hear from her because she never said that. Um, but she likes to, other than climbing, she likes to do skateboarding. <laughs> I've seen another video of her like rolling down the hill around by your house, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really cool. So she's kind of good at what I, I can't really do. So that, yeah. that's good to see her do things like that. Yeah, it's interesting. We we talked about it last time we met, but you were previously a salary man with a tie around the head uh, out drinking business every night. And uh, and now you've you've turned your passion into your career as Mm -hmm. well. Mm Which it sounds like it's given you more time to be able to spend with your with your daughter. Yes, yes. Um, less salary, but less uh, more time with my family, which I I, I very fortunate to have. Um, I I've re- realized that ha- spending my time with my family is something something very precious. Um, yeah, some someday I guess I'm gonna die, but um, when I die, I, I would like to say. Uh, uh, I'm very, I'm happy that I spent a lot of time with my family, um, rather than uh, whining about <laughs> uh, why didn't I I spend more time with my family doing work or something else. So yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's uh, it's very cool. And um, and so what do you what do you have what do you have planned for the the rest of 2019 and and into 2020? Mm. You've got 5,200 milers in the bag now. Yep. So There's another 48 to go before you start on the 200 miles, 200 times. <laughs> yep. So um, three weeks from now, I'm doing another 100 mile called the Koumi 100, which is a, a race uh, done by Outdoor Sports Japan. So that's coming in um, three weeks in October. Whereabouts in Japan? It's it? in Nagano as well. Okay. 
and um, it's in the suburb of Yatsugatake Mountain. Um, another one is uh, guys from Niigata up in the north have kind of invited to me to do their own fun run, 100 mile, Hachikoku 100. So it's a fat ass style. Fat ass yeah. one. So I'm supposed to do that one. End of December, I'm supposed to do one in Takao, where which we do the Tengu, Tengu 100. Okay. And, uh, and this I'll, isn't Tour de Tomo. This isn't TDT. This just, is another uh, one around because Ta- TDT is in Ta- Mount Takao as well. Yeah. Um, it's it's it doesn't go through Takao, but it starts from the Haneda Airport <sighs> by the river, and then goes to another mountain called uh, Ome. And then at the summit of the Ome, that's 50 mile, you just come back to the river, to Haneda. So people who come from international they can, can just, fly <laughs> in just do it straight away. Yeah, just do it straight away. Yeah. And they can stay at the hotel near the airport because basically you can see the airport from the start. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I've got to do, Rick and I were both talking about, we've got to come up and do the Tour de Tomo with you yeah, soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the Tengu one, and is this a, have you planned out the route yourself for this yeah, one? This one is um, the one my friend does. Um, and um, he is basically a 15K loop with 1500 meter elevation. Yeah. And um, when I tried to do the Barclay, I did that uh, 14 loops. Yeah, and it took me fifty hours three minutes. So um, basically, um, I'm gonna do ten loops. So that makes it almost a hundred mile. So um, some people are gonna do just one loop or five loop or three loops or four loops. I just want to do um, ten loops, like I did um, last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that would have been um, number forty-eight or so. Was that one before you did the? Or no, forty-seven or something before you did the um, hurt. Portrait. Oh, before you did hurt. Hurt. Okay. Yes. And by the so time that, end of this year, it would be number fifty-five. So that would yeah. take you to fifty-five yeah. for twenty nineteen. And and when you came into the year, was that your goal to do um, to get to fifty-five, or was your plan to do with Barclay to fifty-six, or uh, or have you added another one into the diary to be able to replace Barclay? Yeah, it's funny that I wasn't supposed to do this much, but um, so when I'm running a hundred mile, I say. Not not for a while, not for a while, but after like a week or something, I think of something crazy and put it into calendar, basically thinking I can do it. But when it, the, the time comes, it's like, why did I put this in the calendar? <sighs> so I, uh, long story short, it wasn't something I was supposed to. I was supposed to do uh, maybe 52 or something, um, but it's it's good. Uh, and my n- next year's calendar is fully booked as well. It's already done. Yeah. Interesting. What have we uh, what have we got lined up? Thomas? So um, Hart uh, in January, uh, Victoria one sixty two in Hong Kong in February. Does one sixty two still count as a hundred miler? Because yeah. it's like what is it one sixty six is uh, uh, kilometers or is one hundred and sixty two miles uh, kilometers 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 yeah, yeah. so yeah does and that still count yeah count, 100... yeah yeah yeah, yeah counts. And then, um, oh, yeah, then, sorry, it's 160 kilometers. Is yes, yes. I, I was yeah. thinking 166. Sorry, yeah. And um, Barclay, if it's I'm doing in March. The Hong Kong one, whereabouts is it in in Hong Kong? Uh, where does it go? What route? It basically goes um, around most of the uh, most of the uh, Hong Kong four islands, basically. Okay. Yeah, and um, it's the one that Matthew Mock is the race director he's on the hk40 uc before he's he's a survivor and he's done it before and um he kind of let me in to the race so uh, i'll be i'll be doing that what date is it it's um end of february okay yeah, end of february yeah yeah march barclay w- will you be going over to um to Hong Kong for the four trails over uh, over Chinese New Year. So yeah, yeah. You're going to head over there. Yeah, you? I won't be running this year. Uh, not next year, but um, I would like to support um, Andre if he wants me to kind of do anything that helps him. Uh, yeah. I'll be there to kind of help him. So yeah, I've already emailed Andre about that as well. That's very cool. Yeah. 
I think we'll probably be up there to cover it in some capacity as well. That'd so cool. hopefully we'll uh, we'll see you there for that. Mm. Um, so Hurt 100, um, Hong, Hong Kong 162, and then you've also mentioned that you're going to potentially go back for Barclay. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, what else do you... You said the whole year is planned out already. Yes. So um, Western States. Brilliant. Have you got a spot? Um, I don't have the spot, but I've failed in the lottery six times now. And you know how it works with the lottery in, with Western States. Yep. Every time you fail you get the increases, two, your, increases chance. your chance. So yep. next year, it's my seventh attempt. So most likely, I will be in. So if I'm in, that means I'm going to go for the Grand Slam, which uh, if I'm going to do the Grand Slam, I'll go for the Vermont, um, Old Dominion, uh, two in the East Coast, and then Western States and Wasatch. So that's like uh, 12 weeks in the summer. Yeah. And then... Will your um, daughter be off school there? Will your wife and daughter go with you as well? Or? Yes, in August, and they have one month off, so hopefully they can come to see the Wasatch. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty busy year. I hope you get in Western States. That would be very cool. That would be cool. But, uh, um, I, I think it's such an iconic miler mm-hmm. that it needs to be in your... 100 miles 100 times right you couldn't get to 100 without having the um that that series in there exactly how do you feel about the um we've talked before about once you complete the 100 miles 100 times to then maybe go 200 miles 200 times but have you considered any of the 200 mile races uh that um are part of the um the Candice Burt's races, so mm-hmm. the Tahoe, the uh, Bigfoot, and um, and Moab two mm-hmm. two forty. Have you considered those races at all? Yeah, I'd like to do those one day. It sounds really good. I've heard of people who've done it before, and like ta- heard about thing people talk about on the podcast. It seems to be kind of a different race compared compared to a hundred mile. So. I think by listening to uh, those folks, um, for me to do it after the 100 miles project when I'm after 50, uh, I think it's kind of a reasonable goal to kind of aim for, to kind of start working on those long runs. Yeah, yeah. So you've you've done a few, I mean, obviously the Hong Kong Four Trails was a 200 miler effectively mm-hmm. um, or close to. Have you done any other 200 mile, mile distance? That was the longest? Never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Wow, mate, you've got a, a busy schedule ahead of you for the next uh, next 18 months. Um, is there anything else that you're doing to try and help him improve yourself to be able to make sure that you're... Uh, we talked a little bit about nutrition and fuel efficiency. Is Last time we were on the podcast, you were on the podcast, you talked about sauna and um, and the importance of yeah of heat and um and onsen um and actually since you talking about that i've been trying to when i'm at home we have a sauna our condo where we live i try every night to go and have a a a sauna before bed i Mm -hmm. think i sleep better and Mm -hmm. it's good but do you still keep up doing your onsen is there anything else that you do around your well-being to improve your uh, your performance yes i i keep on continuing to do the sauna i did the sauna training one week before every day before the shinets five mountains last week after that this week i've been in the onsen every day i, I went actually i went yesterday today as well uh, to the onsen just to not the sauna training um, because um, I don't need that right now uh, right after the race I, I just and, go and when you say sauna training you actually use the, the heat training to be able to help you adapt to the heat in the race adapt to the heat to the race as well as um, so that I don't um, um, I don't um, I, I sweat a lot to cool down myself but when you go to the sauna, you give out more less salt, sodium out of your body, mm-hmm. and um, so that um, your kind of your body adapts more better to the heat. With with um, sweating means you cool down. 
your system is good to be cool down, cooling down. But if normally if you don't train for that, your sodium also goes out. So yeah. that means you start to kind of um, uh, have crunches, uh, cramps, cramps, cramps yeah, yeah. and things like that. But when your body adapts, you have less sodium to come out and keep the nat natrium, natrium. So that that's a good training as well. Yeah. Yeah. You don't do any exercise or anything in the sauna. You're no. not doing. Uh, yeah, running on the spot no. or anything? No? I mean, basically, I just go in there for 12 minutes and then come out. Uh, what temperature? Um, I think it's about 70 or something. Okay. 70. Uh, yeah, 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 70 where you see. Pretty, okay, pretty yeah. hot. And yeah, then come out to do the three-minute water, water bath. In cold bath? Cold, cold bath. Hot. Yeah. And then go into the sauna for 12 minutes and do that five times. Wow, yeah. so you spend over an hour. Uh, over an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah interesting. Um, and it seems to be a good injury prevention tool for you as well. Yes. Like you, you haven't had, and touch, touch wood, uh, you haven't had any injuries in, in the past year or two. No, um, I, I, I truly think not having an injury is the kind of the, the basics to improve your, your, your level. Yeah. Because if you have an injury, you're basically going up and down, up and down at the same hill. And um, even though you put a lot of effort, now if you're injured, you just go down again like a mountain, like UTMB. Yeah. But now if you're not getting injured, um, if you don't, even though you're not building up a lot of big leverage, at the end, at the end of six months, at the end of a year, two years, you're on a different level. Yeah. Like the tortoise versus yeah. the rabbit yeah. race. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really impressive, um, Tomo-san. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on again. It's always a, an absolute pleasure to to catch up with you. Um, <coughs> yeah, look forward to uh, to seeing your performance for the rest of the year and into next year. I I hope you get a spot in Barclay, a spot in Western States, and. Um, uh, and yeah, next time you uh, look forward to getting you on on the podcast again to continue to share this this crazy story. Yeah, thank you very much, Scott. Cheers. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hey, Rick, how you doing, sir? Yeah, good, Scott. How are you on this bright and sunny Singapore morning? Yes. Yeah, we've just um just been uh, for a bit of a run around the the track there doing a doing a math test in um yeah albeit i was yeah um, it turns out you need a heart rate monitor that actually works to do a math test so yeah mate try again. you need to get yourself a garmin sun toes are just uh, are just rubbish um, <laughs> um that, that goes any sponsorship from sun <laughs> i think um, um but uh yeah no it's interesting after doing the uh, after speaking to the guys that coached and it's just a really good way to sort of um, see where your levels are and see the the gaps between the first and and sixth kilometer we did um we did six kilometers around the track at the the um top end of your easy heart rate which for me which was 138 beats per minute as dictated by the lactate threshold um yeah um i think mine's seems somewhat higher actually it's supposed to be around 148 but um yeah again i have to uh it was 152, wasn't it? Yours? 152 is the yeah the top. So yeah, I think Ben yeah. had said run around 148, keep it under 150. Yeah, yeah. But I think for the actual math test, you need to keep exactly it around right, 152. Right, okay. So it'll be interesting. I mean, you followed me around, so yeah. actually at least there's like a benchmark to see where um, to see how it compares the yeah. next time we do it. Um, but yeah, like looking at mine, my first kilometer was five minutes ten, and then the last was like six minutes. So it's actually quite a big drop, um, like a big drop in speed. So um, yeah, I think um, obviously the plan is as your training block goes on to be able to reduce the delta between the first and last kilometer. Yeah, I do wonder what effect the heat has. I know you're supposed to do it at the same time of day. That's fine. You can kind of to benchmark it, but just the fact that. You, you must be slightly more depleted even even half an hour later than you were at the start of the race at the start of the run yeah I think it, I think it probably does have an impact i'd be interested to know like, i think that gap between the first and the last is probably higher in the heat for everyone than it is 
in cooler weather. It certainly was. I mean, we started like around uh, around 8:30, uh, 8:40, and uh, it definitely got hotter as it went on. Just looking yeah. at my watch, it was 35 degrees temperature on my watch, which is. But this is why you can co- you need to track the, all those different um, variables yeah. as well, like wind, heat, yeah. and. Uh, well, we were talking about heat this week because they had the, obviously had the, the athletics, the ongoing still, the athletics championships in Doha, and just just decimated the the marathon field with the heat. Um, and I, I think that's just it's just impossible to train for that sort of heat. But um, yeah, having said that, the actual heat was similar to what it would be in Singapore, right? Temperature-wise, maybe, but I don't, yeah, it, no, it was eighty percent humidity, right? And I think it was one hundred and thirty-five degrees, right. which is normally thirty-two degrees. Uh, sorry, it was thirty-five degrees. Um, but again, if you look at like if you look at marathon times here in Singapore, they're always substantially slower. Yeah. Even from the elites, so maybe they just went out. They went out hard. doing their normal yeah. by pace rather than yeah. like heart rate, I suppose. Or yeah. Um, uh, yeah, which actually begs the question, right? If you're training to because um, a couple of mates have got one of these stride monitors, yeah. um, which is like a power meter for for running. It obviously doesn't, it takes into account wind, but does it take into account heat? I don't know. I mean, that's, that's why it seems that heart rate is good because it sort of t- it takes into account that as well. But, um, but yeah, it was, good, um, it was good to catch up with Tomo as well. Yeah, always good to hear from him, isn't it? And uh, we'd seen him a few months ago for that run and then uh, just finding out what he's been up to. And uh, it's, I mean, it's enough to put everyone else to shame, really, like the, <laughs> the level of uh, commitment he's got. I mean, he is like a full-time athlete now, basically, isn't he? And uh, uh, but he definitely is just truly dedicated to the challenge. And um, and what a, what a schedule he's got coming up for 2020. Yeah, yeah, and it's also I mean, it's just an interesting window on 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 running in Japan. And you know, a lot of those I think I, I think we previously heard about this Shinetsu for five mountains that he'd just done, yeah. but a lot of those other races he mentioned I'd never even heard of. Um, and they're obviously quite well established, hundred milers within Japan. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and obviously he's got his uh, his tour de Tomo, and um, which I, I, we've got to go up and do it yeah. right because you can fly into Haneda and it's just like an out and back to Haneda. We'll um, have to go and smash that out. And then he's got um, his his uh, Tengu hundred miler, which uh, which is the new brand. In fact, I'll have to just I'll grab it for you. It's like uh, the. Um, uh, the anti-chafe the gel, cream yeah. that he's come up with it's really good I've used it a few times now actually um, but yeah his, uh, his plan for next year doing western states and the um, uh, and the grand the, slam and, the, and, and then potentially the grand slam will be a, yeah will be will be pretty cool um, and then yeah the Hong Kong one, one six, um, 162 or 162 yeah that he's he's going up for so um, does he do much mobility work like have you have you spoken to him about that because he, he swears by the onsen and the sauna I'm just curious whether he no, does a lot of stretching and oh, it was it was funny like after we went for dinner and I was like walking down the street behind him and his calves are yeah, like I know, boulders we they yeah. look like kettlebells I tell you they're ridiculous and um, but he, yeah he doesn't do, actually do any uh, any strength and conditioning but it, what was interesting is that the especially after speaking with Ben and, Co- ben and uh, Jim at Coach the week before, is um, talking to him about changing his diet over that four-month period and the improvements that he had there, knocking an hour off his 100-miler um, his at, that, at that Japan race yeah. and coming fourth. Um, and he's yeah, losing 5 kg, and he's, he looks bloody fit at the moment. He looks really fit. Yeah, um, uh, yeah he's... Uh, yeah, might be fun to get up there next summer then around well I suppose it's going to be busy but around the Olympics and uh, see if he can scalp us some tickets yeah. and then get out for a run with him there yeah I'd love to get I'd love to go and see the rock climbing up there as you said he tried yeah. getting tickets for his um, for his daughter and uh, anyway I recommend following Tomo on, on social media he's got a great Instagram um, uh, Instagram handle but his um, RD Tomo is um but his, uh, yeah, his daughter is just a le- is legit. She's six, seven, seven years old or seven or eight actually, and uh, and is, is a phenomenal boulderer. Yeah. Uh, it makes you think like we need to we need to get our kids onto it in the outdoors a little. Well, bit. yeah, I'm in a holding pattern for our, our new arrival. But what about you? What about you, Scott? What have you got coming up? Well, in we're terms both of challenges. Yeah, we're both doing um, the Force of Nature this weekend in Singapore, which is I'm doing a it's like a trail marathon. You're yeah. doing the 23k. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking forward. It's, it's actually been going a couple of years now, and um, yeah, looking forward to going and meeting the team down there. And um, yeah, they seem to stop. They don't do the MSIG 
the Action Asia one, I don't think they've done this year. They don't do the uh, North Face here anymore. That's, that seems to be the only kind of branded race they're doing. Yeah, I, I, MSIG isn't, um, isn't running in Singapore this year, I don't think. Um, it was certainly last year. I raced it last year, but I haven't um, seen yeah. it in the diary this year. But then I'm, um, and then next weekend I'm up to Hong Kong to run the uh, the Rally Wilson with a few mates to the uh, along the Wilson Trail, 79k, and we'll be, um, yeah, it's a, a team that I've raced with quite a few times doing Trail Walker. We've never actually finished as a team, so hopefully we'll break our jinx this year. And uh, you got a target time? No, um, we're. Like I wanted, I want us to get a podium. It's not the most competitive of races, so with a team of four, we should be able to be quite competitive. But um, yeah, there's um, there's Mod who did the um, the uh, Dragons Back in Wales. Um, my mate Ian Ross, who's um, who is uh, like smashing the um, the half Ironman distance at the moment. He's in just ridiculous shape. And then my, uh, my mate Keith as well, and he's uh, they're all strong. But it just seems like one of us always blows up in uh, in the longer team races so we're um we're going to try and avoid our usual terrible team tactics of uh, of going out as fast as we can and then blowing up which is normally uh normally the um the uh <laughs> the way we roll but um and yeah mate you've got uh, you've got a bit of an ultra marathon coming up yourself haven't you uh yeah i've got a sort of three weeks sleep deprivation training plan in place <laughs> 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 yeah, so, yeah. Um, so uh, like 38 weeks now, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, hopefully yeah but hoping to get the kids along for uh, to, to watch the end of the Force of Nature. Um, yeah, it's, it's see if we can do that. Yeah, it's a good shout, actually. I might actually um, get um, get Indra and Luca to come along. And then actually straight after, I'm uh, interviewing Alan Grant, um, the sort of uh, the awesome cyclist that's based here in mm-hmm. Singapore that's done some crazy challenges. And um, so, yeah, we'll be sharing his story in a couple of weeks. Um, Good stuff. Good. Talk to you soon, Scott. Nice one. Cheers, Rick. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad.